Welcome to episode 57 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by fellow Bookshelf staffer Chris Jensen. Chris and I will be chatting about Oscar-nominated films and the books that inspired them, plus we'll spend a few minutes talking about Harper Lee and what her death means for the literary world. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind everyone, as I always do, to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. That's at BookshelfTville. It's a great way to stay up to date on things going on in the shop, even if you are a faraway listener or a faraway fan of the bookshelf. And as I have mentioned previously on the podcast, we have a small collection of curated goods that we sell on our bookshelf website. So if you want to support us financially from afar, we would love that too. You can find that collection at www.bookshelfthomasville.com and just click shop to see what is available in our online store now. All right, let's get started. Hey, Chris. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Glad to be here. (laughs) Um, We are recording in my office today at the bookshelf, which is a renovated closet. Mm -hmm. I use the term renovated pretty loosely. Um, So if you hear background noise, it's just the happenings of the bookshelf. And possibly the refrigerator that I'm sitting in front of. (laughs) It's real real tight here Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) in our podcast studio. Um, Chris, before we talk about Oscar-nominated films, I thought... That we should spend just a few minutes talking about Harper Lee because yeah. she died today. Yes, she did at 89. At the age of 89. And I was pretty sad this morning. Um, I, I always feel a little weird because I know I don't know them, but you feel like you know them. Yeah, authors and actors, I think, more than anybody else, any yeah. other public figure, you really feel like you know somebody because you've seen them, you've seen them talk, you've been inside their heads. Right. I remember um, a few years ago, Nora Ephron died, Mm. and I sobbed on my couch. And I'm not a huge crier, and I'm I'm not exaggerating. Like, I genuinely was upset because I remember Jordan coming home and being like, what happened? Like, thinking... What happened? And I mean, it, to me, it was tragic, and to him, it was sad. But it was like Annie, you didn't know her, but she had inspired so many of my life decisions. She's mm-hmm. the reason I own a bookstore, um, and I feel very similarly about Harper Lee. Um, when did you read *To Kill a Mockingbird* for the first time? Um, I was in ninth, tenth. I was in tenth grade. Okay, that's when I read it for the yep. first time. It was required reading. Um, I actually had not had much exposure to it up until that point, weirdly. Mm. Um, my parents are, are readers, um, but I think even they would acknowledge they read more now than they did back when I was in school. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like I had seen it around my house or anything like that. So it was pretty... Um, one of those rare experiences I think you get now where I actually went into it blind. <laughs> I feel like we don't yeah. get to do that anymore. Yeah, I feel like I never get to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I it just a profoundly, and I know everyone says this, which is why it's so remarkable, mm. but it profoundly uh, affected me, and I still have my battered mass market paperback where I highlighted portions that were meaningful to me and when um, my cousins who are a few years younger than me when they became homeschooled I became their English tutor Mm. and I was the one who got to put it into their hands (laughs) and that there which is gosh one of the my favorite things about working here is getting to put books into the hands of people and my younger cousin um English is not really her bag like that's not really something she enjoys and 
I will never forget that she loved To Kill a Mockingbird, and I thought, oh, this is, <laughs> this is it. This is this is what I wanted, and um, it's the one book that she still references. Um, and we were talking earlier today. It is still hard to keep To Kill a Mockingbird on the shelves. It's never been out of print since it was published in 1960, 61, 60? Yeah. I think 60. Which is pretty incredible. And we still, I mean, you know, even at our small little independent bookstore, we sell dozens of copies a year. Yeah. Um, right? It, probably more than that. Um, and last year, Ghost Set a Watchman came out. And it came out, I think, one of your first weeks at the bookshelf. Uh, it was like week three or four. Yeah. Yeah. It was early on. Yeah. And I remember because you and I had to work an event together, mm-hmm. and um, I am one of the few people, I think, who actually really enjoyed Ghost Set of Watchmen. Did you read it? I haven't gotten to read it yet. Yeah. Well, and some people have made the decision not to read it, and I totally respect that, but I still stand by my original opinion, which was, if you can read it, if you can try to see these characters in a different light, um, I think it's completely worth it. And, yeah. and I find both To Kill a Mockingbird and Ghost Set of Watchmen to be just really powerful pieces of storytelling. So um, very sad uh, to have to kind of talk about Harper Lee in the past tense. Never never very fun, but we sure are grateful for the stories she left us. Truly a national treasure. Okay, well, let's move into something a little happier, I suppose. Um, let's talk Oscars. Let's talk Oscars. Do you watch the Oscars? I do watch the Oscars. I used to have an Oscar party. I am having one this year. Oh, fun. Oh, gosh. Are you eating themed foods? We weren't going to, but now we are. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have to do that. We are betting. Okay. Um, which, not with real money, federal government. That's not <laughs> what we're doing. Um, yeah, no, we are We are taking bets. Do you do Oscar bingo? Yes. Okay, because you've got to do Oscar bingo, and you have to do themed foods the year... Trying to remember what year it was, but it was the year. Now I can't remember the name of the movie. The black and white film won Best Picture. Do you remember? It was. Mm. Oh, it was beautiful. It was a silent movie. The artist. Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, so I served black and white cookies, and I had like a different food for each um, Best Picture nominee. You got to do. It's fantastic. I will do that. It's so much fun. I'll do some kind of like cool cannon for Brooklyn. Yeah. Um. Ugh. Carol's not a Best Picture nominee, but I want to do something with a lot of salt because the original title of the novel is The Price of Salt. Yes. Yeah, okay, we're going to do something real cutesy here. So it's gonna fun. Be great. So fun. It's Ooh. so fun. Um, okay, well, so you and I are pretty loyal then. I, I watch it every year. I kind of sort of live tweet it. Like, I love I love awards show season. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan did not know what he was getting into because I keep that part of me <laughs> locked away. <laughs> but I love awards show season. And this year I think is really exciting as booksellers, book lovers, because a lot of the nominees um, were inspired by books. I think five of the six Best Picture nominees are book adaptations. I think that is correct. If I will tell you. Okay, no. Okay, um, four? Because the Revenant, yep. The Martian, The Big Short, Room, and Brooklyn. I am not sure about Spotlight. Spotlight was not. Um, and I know Bridge of Spies and Mad Max are original. Um, all right. So of those movies, which have you seen and which books have you read? This is about to get real. Okay. So of the movies, <laughs> I have seen Bridge of Spies, Mad Max, The Revenant, The Martian, and Brooklyn. Okay. And I have read... The Martian. Okay. I, okay, I have read The Martian 
And did you say Room was Oscar nominated? Yes. Okay, I've read Room. Uh, and I highly recommend it to anybody who can stomach it. It is fantastic. Um, and I have seen Big Short, The Martian, Brooklyn. I need to go see The Revenant, but I haven't done it and yet. And you saw Spotlight, right? And I saw Spotlight. Mm. Spotlight is my secret choice for best picture. And not secret, because I'm announcing it here on the podcast. <laughs> um, but I... I it's hard to say you enjoy a movie like that because of the you know the subject matter, um, but I thought that that was a really well done movie. I haven't seen it, but I have the same opinion about The Revenant, which I think is the front runner here. Absolutely for Best Picture, but it really deserves it. I went in thinking it was just going to be two and a half hours of sheer torture for me as the viewer, right? But it was not. It was beautiful. Okay. Every scene was a painting. It was lit only with natural light. Which, which I do think incredible. is pretty incredible. Is that, that, surely it's up for cinematography then. It is must, it, it has sharp, to be. Right? So my thing is, let The Revenant win cinematography and best direction. But God, it's just, I, I just love a good story. Was The Revenant a good story? It was an okay story. Yeah. I, um, I, I did see, I don't know if I said this, I saw The Big Short. Mm-hmm. And... I think it is fantastic. I don't know if it will win Best Picture, but I really, my, I keep telling people it's like the most entertaining economics class you'll ever take. Right. Yeah. I think it's. I think everybody should see it, um, except, um, except not my mom or parents <laughs> because <laughs> because there is inappropriate material. Right. <laughs> so I, let me. A customer dial it graphically back. explained a scene about Margot Robbie in a bathtub. Yes. Um, Yes, that mm-hmm. yeah, that mm-hmm. does happen. So, um, but I really think the cast is phenomenal. It's Brad Pitt. It's Brad Pitt. I still, in my heart of hearts, am just rooting for Steve Carell to win something because he was up for an award last year, which I think everybody for knew. For Foxcatcher. Right? Yeah, everybody knew he wasn't going to win that. I think. Um, but I'm holding out because he never won an Emmy for never Michael Scott, that and Emmy. I can't handle it. Um, so I still root for him every... And plus, I think he's a nice guy. He's he great. certainly seems he's like great. one. Um, let's talk about Brooklyn, because that's one we both saw, but mm-hmm. we have not read the book. No. Um, you and Rebecca, our manager, uh, both saw that at different times, reported back, and just raved about it. I am always hesitant when people rave about things. I don't know what that says about my personality. Um, but... AMC re-released it as part of their like Oscar mm-hmm. films and so Jordan and I went and saw it and you guys were right it's so good it's so charming and so subtle and it just doesn't feel like anything's really happening except it's all human and emotional and yes that's what I mean gorgeous. about a good story gosh it really has a great story and just I feel like we really suffer through I mean I don't watch them but we I feel like as a society suffer through a lot of terrible love stories oh yeah a lot of Nicholas Sparks sorry sorry listeners if you're fans but but not a fan and I feel like we suffer through so many of those movies and books and this is a love story I think that's actually beautifully done Mm -hmm. and that so many of us can enjoy and Mm -hmm. relate to gosh I loved it and beautifully acted oh yeah um one thing that I just cannot understand about this Oscar season, well, there are a lot of things, uh. <laughs> um, which we don't need to go into in this, this setting, but um, the fact that Mad Max, Fury Road, and Brooklyn are both up for Best Picture, which are both excellent movies, but could not be more different, Yeah. and I don't understand how those can even be categorized the Together. same. Together? Yeah. Yeah. 
It's pretty... Well, and I think you have made a couple of jokes about The Martian and this comedy. Right. The Golden Globe nomination for Best Comedy. Yeah, and it's like, okay... And that I will say... So I can't speak to Brooklyn, but as far as The Martian is concerned, and I don't want to sound like a broken record because I feel like most book lovers do, but the book was so much better. The book was undeniably better. This is something we've talked about before. Just, like, I liked the movie. Fine. Sure, the it movie was, was fine. Whatever. But it wasn't Matt Damon's best work, necessarily. No, it was certainly not Ridley Scott's best work. No. Um, and I just thought I the I love script, the supporting cast. Yeah, but I thought the script was lacking. Like, I felt like the... It didn't have the same heart yeah. as the book. Um, and even though the book was written by, like... Oh, this is snobby, but amateur writer <laughs> and weird. He's just, he's just like a NASA nerd. Science guy, yeah. Um, who decided to write a book. Which I think is such a cool story. It's great. And the the prose in the book is not great. No. It's not a very well-written book, but I enjoyed it so much yeah. just for the character of Mark Watney. I um, enjoyed it far more than watching the, than the act of watching the film. I did too, and some of my favorite scenes were relegated to a montage. Yeah, um, and it just uh, it was fine. I didn't not like it. Did you say it's nominated for best picture? Yeah, that is really surprising. To it me. makes no sense. To I don't me. think the quality is there for a best picture nominee. Nope. Uh, I mean, I'm no film critic, but. It just doesn't feel right even compared to the rest it of the novel. It just feels like a summer blockbuster. Yeah. Seems like cashing in on Gravity from last year. Yes, absolutely. Okay, um, let's talk about Room, because we haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, and I haven't read the book. Okay, but I have read the book. Right. And so I, it's the only book of Emma Donahue's that I have finished. So I started... I believe it is called Frog Music, which was mm-hmm. the book that came out after Room. I read Room, I'm proud to say, way back when it was in hardback. Uh, and I I feel like I take some odd pride in when I read a book before <laughs> it makes it big. Um, but I loved it. So the premise is the book is narrated by a young boy. Um, and you find out that he is living in a room. And that is kind of all you know. And then the book of course proceeds from there um the book is fantastic i think i have heard um parents say that it's not one that they can handle and i i guess i get that but if you can then the book is worth reading like mm. it's certainly there is some trauma there and i understand that there's some content people might not want to read but i think it's very well done um and beautifully narrated So I'm very intrigued, and I've been dying to see the movie, and you and I just talked about this. We live in a part of the country that... (laughs) Just does not get movies. (laughs) Yeah, no. It's just the other reason I didn't see The Danish Girl. The Room and The Danish Girl are the two that I don't think came to Tallahassee Thomasville. I was like, I know they didn't. Come, I know they didn't come to Thomasville. They certainly didn't come to Thomasville. <laughs> um, um, I Danish see Girl was briefly in Tallahassee. I was about to say, I see my it. movies generally in Tallahassee anyway. But Room, I was Room in Tallahassee briefly. Very briefly. Um, I think. And please remind me of the name of the actress. Brie Larson. Okay, because I love her. She is excellent. And she won the Golden Globe, mm-hmm. which is normally all of... And I think she has won maybe the SAG award. Like, oh, I think I she's know. winning all of the ones that kind of hint to a best, a best actress um, win. And I am rooting for her because I've seen her in other things and loved her. And... I'm just convinced that her performance was excellent. I just keep watching the trailer <laughs> over, over and over again because uh, Tallahassee, if you're listening, 
why? <laughs> AMC, come on, man. Yeah, we really... I, I really needed to see that movie. And I, when I saw the trailer, I was ready like to buy my tickets, and then it never came. Mm. Um, well, who else is nominated for Best Actress? It's Cate Blanchett for Carol, which, which I didn't get to see, and I'm dying to see that one. Um, Saoirse Ronan for Brooklyn. Oh, she did so well. And she was so good, but it's such a subtle it's part. It's so small. Yeah, it seems um, so small. It seems so small, and I think that's what's so good about it, that yeah. she made it feel so intimate. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence for Joy, which I didn't see, and I heard very mixed very things mixed about. Very mixed reviews. Um, and then Charlotte Rampling for 45 Years. I think Brie Larson will take that one home. I think she will, too. Although, I'm a big Kate Blanchett fan. Oh, God. well, yeah, I do love her. I just think... I don't know. I think I think Bree's gonna take it home. What about? Tell me about your. Th- give me some more thoughts on the Revenant, because I did not see it nor read it. The Revenant. Well, like I said, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I thought it would just be kind of visceral horror, and I'm not saying that it wasn't. There are some scenes in there that were very difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. It is extraordinarily violent, but not. It didn't feel excessive. It felt okay. necessary. It's most long, of the time. right? Is it three hours? It's not quite three hours. Okay. Um, I want to say it's just over two and a half. Okay. But I don't really remember. Um, Leo has been gunning for an Oscar for so long. I think he's going to win it. Not even. Okay, I haven't seen it, but I read a lot of articles <laughs> about pop culture, and I think the underlying theme is really there are other best actor nominees this year. But he's going to take it home because he's been waiting for one for so long. Uh, Do you think? I kind of hope so, just so we... We can be... I wonder what his post-Oscar career is going to be. If he's going to stop taking the weird roles and we're going to realize that he was just gunning for this Oscar forever. Or is he really just... Let's talk about Leo. Do you like Leo? Because I'm sensing... I don't not like Leo. I think Leo is very good at one thing. I don't like Leo, I'll say it. He is very good at the kind of angry yelling I, I do you know I have still never seen Titanic never seen it you're not missing a whole lot sorry 90s crowd <laughs> well it came out 19 I think, years ago well 97 okay how old am I okay that's the reason it's weird that I haven't seen it because, because you were I, 11 when yeah, it came out yeah because I should have <laughs> because I remember my cousin my older cousin going to see it like six times in the theater and Celine Dion's song like I so I remember all of that vividly but I couldn't see it at the time because PG-13 and mm-hmm. I was 11 mm-hmm. or 12, whatever. Um, and then once it passed, like, why am I going to rent it now? Like, <laughs> I rented it. <laughs> Did you? Um, probably when I was eight. So the next year, okay. um, I rented it two VHSs from Blockbuster because it was so long that it didn't fit on one Right. Um, I watched oh, it with my parents and it was weird. I, yeah. I didn't like it very much. I <laughs> You were eight. I was eight and then I fast forwarded to the shipwreck part because that's what I really wanted to see. Yes. Because I was eight. I have seen scenes of it, mm-hmm. mind you. Like, I know, of course, we all know how the Titanic ends. Um, James Cameron, I don't understand why James Cameron's movies are always, like, the biggest movies of all time. Avatar? Yeah. Avatar is the <laughs> highest grossing movie in film history, and yet I've never heard a single person who... Re- heard of a single person who really loved Avatar. No. Have you ever heard... Listeners, have you ever heard anyone <laughs> really just rave about Avatar? No, because nobody likes Avatar. I think mostly what I hear is it's Fern Gully Live. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's Fern Gully Live or possibly even just Pocahontas. Yeah. It's a... It's a white people taking over the environment and then 
natives pushing them back and natives are the good guys, which okay. is true in this context, but also... God, it's just... So I I never saw Titanic. Leo, I can honestly give or take him. Yeah. Like, uh, and he's... He and his whole posse, because he's friends with Tobey Maguire. Ugh, I feel the same way about Tobey Maguire. I hate Tobey Maguire. <laughs> and so... I hate his Spider-Man. I hated his Nick Carraway. Oh, his Just Nick get Carraway. out of here. His Nick Carraway was terrible. But I loved the Gatsby movie, and I, I've said this to a lot of people that I saw it once, and I never want to see it again, because I know I won't like it the second time. That is correct, because I saw it once, and I, I did not walk away like you did loving it, but I thought, that isn't... I thought... Oh, it is excess because mm-hmm. the Great Gatsby is right. excess. And Bob so Bobby I like right. For that. So I like that. Um, and I I did not mind Leo in that movie. No, he was great. He got the back for that one. I just don't. I'm. I want him to win the Oscar so we can stop talking about him. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, it does. I read a really interesting article about um, best best actors and actresses who've won the awards and what their careers look like after like you were saying and of course the one who not only makes the most films but makes the most well received films so like I think it was like 85% or higher on Mm -hmm. Rotten Tomatoes is do you want to guess? No. Tom Hanks. Of course. <laughs> right? It's no surprise. Of course. And Who it was, doesn't love Tom Hanks? Right. And so it was comparing, like, b- as far as quality of work, Daniel Day-Lewis. Okay. Um, but he, like, quantity doesn't put out films at all. No, he does one, like, every five years. Yes. And so it was just, it was really interesting. I'll try to find a link to it to put in the show notes because it was really interesting to compare um, the quantity and quality of work that actors do post-Oscar. Right. Um, um Speaking of Tom Hanks, Bridge of Spies, another one that I saw didn't think I was going to like it very much, and it was great. Deserving? Did you say it was up for Best Picture? It's up for Best Picture. It does not deserve Best Picture. Okay, that's another one I've been surprised by, because I love Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Like, I have loved it's him forever. It's a Coen Brothers screenplay. And I like the Coen Brothers, mm-hmm. but I was surprised to see it as a, like The Martian, I was surprised to see it as a Best Picture. That shocked me. Do you think they were just trying to, <laughs> do you think they were just trying to fill, fill the nominees? Like, because it, it, it just seems really weird. And I have heard a lot of talk that there's not one outstanding film that everybody's talking about. And I do think that's true. Yeah. I don't understand why Ex Machina was not nominated for Best Picture. I think okay. that was easily the best movie 2015. Really? It is nominated for Best Visual Effects, I think. Okay. Um, but Ex Machina is far and away the best movie that came out last year. And I didn't see no it. No nomination, not even for Oscar Isaac, who was in everything last year. Oh, along Isaac. with Donald Gleason, who was also in everything last year. Oscar Isaac should be winning all the things. I agree. I he's the only Oscar I really care about. <laughs> like, I don't know why he's not nominated for anything. Also, we're from the same hometown. Really? Yeah, he went to high school in Boynton Beach, Florida. I did not know that. No, he always says Miami in interviews, but he okay. went to Santa Lucia High School, which is like a half mile from my house. Uh, that's a pretty cool. Claim I know. Thing. Yeah, my Is cousins he older went than you? there. Yeah, he's ten years older than me. Okay, well, I I just root for him for everything. Me but too. I'm surprised that I just feel it, and I think we're not alone in thinking that some things some things are missing from. <laughs> a lot of things are missing, Academy. <laughs> um, and like I said, my I'm rooting for um, I'm rooting for Spotlight as Best Picture winner, but I don't really know. I think you could be right. I think Revenant might, I might take it. I think it's going to go Revenant, which is interesting because Inyari 2 won for Birdman last year. Okay. And this is his? Uh-huh. Oh, so he's just a really... He, and he got Best Director 
And Best Picture last year, didn't and, he? Yes. And Best Picture, I thought, was interesting. Or Birdman, I thought, was interesting because of how it was filmed. So it's yeah. interesting that he's choosing these really unique ways to make and movies. And that's why he's getting all these... pretty cool. These awards. Yeah. Because he's doing really interesting things with film. Um, I want to talk just really briefly, because one thing that I think is really wonderful is when nominated actors or directors acknowledge their source material. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like that rarely happens. Mm -hmm. And maybe one of the reasons I'm rooting for Brie Larson is I think when she won the Golden Globe, the fir one of the first people she thanked was Emma Donahue, who wrote Room. Mm -hmm. And, of course, my little book-loving heart just was like, oh, thank you. Because I, I just feel like those authors don't give enough credit, especially if they don't write the screenplay. Right. Um, and yet, that screenplay wouldn't have been possible without the source material. Um, so, do you remember which books are ad up for adapted screenplays, or who? Yes, um, it's Carol, which is interesting because the novel is called The Price of Salt. It was called The Price of Salt, now it's called Carol. Yeah. We have it on our shelf. And um, Brooklyn, the screenplay, I believe, was written by Nick, Nick Hornby. Hornby. And I, it, that explains so much. It really does. <laughs> because I love and Nick And I Hornby. hope that that one gets it. Okay, so the best screenplay nominees, best adapted screenplay nominees are The Martian, The Big Short, Room, Carol, and Brooklyn. Did Brooklyn, any... The Room, or Brooklyn, Room, Big Short, and Martian are also all best picture noms, so this is a big okay. year for adapted screenplay. What about the authors of the adapted screenplay? Are any of them the authors of the original source material? Emma Donahue. Oh, wrote the screenplay, wrote the screenplay for, room? for Room. That's our bath. I'm sorry. I just have to acknowledge that our bathroom Yeah, door. if you hear a door <laughs> creaking and closing, it is three feet behind me. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Welcome to the shelf closet office. Um, and that's the only one. Um, but Nick Hornby wrote Brooklyn. Phyllis Nagy, Nagy wrote Carol. Adam McKay wrote The Big Short. Okay, which I think is so interesting. It really is, but he's been doing more serious things recently. Yeah. Um, but I think he wrote a Marvel movie. He wrote Ant-Man, maybe? Yeah, I think you're right, um, which I really liked Ant-Man, actually. I, it was fun. I liked it. I, liked I, it. Just, I think I just love Paul Rudd. I, <laughs> I think, definitely just I think love I Paul just Rudd. love him, and he never ages. And no, so, and he, oh. like, we watched Clueless. Clueless. Jordan had never seen Clueless. What? I know. And I was like, what? Actually, that's not surprising. Given who Jordan is right. absolutely not surprising. <laughs> um, but Clueless, I love Clueless. And um, anyway, I love Paul Rudd in Clueless. Mm -hmm. And so I think I just like Ant Man because I like Paul Rudd. That's, <laughs> That's exactly really where I'm at. Um, but anyway, I, I think I'll be rooting for Brooklyn there because I love Nick Hornby. Mm -hmm. I actually like most of the books he writes. I'm a Nick Hornby fan. And I thought the screenplay of Brooklyn was one of the best parts of Brooklyn. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we're about to run out of time. So I am going to ask you what I ask everybody and what I've asked you many times as the podcast is closing. What are you reading right now? I'm reading The Alchemist right now, which okay. is a thing that came out more... Uh, 1988, I think. Okay. So 27 years ago. All right. Uh, people have been telling me to read it for years. I picked it up on Wednesday and I read half of it. It's short. It's very short. It's yeah. very quick. What um, do you think? It's a lot younger than I was expecting. It mm -hmm. reads like a fable, like a folktale. I was expecting something more literary. I like it mm -hmm. so far. I like it with the same tone you like it, because uh -huh. that voice you just used. Kind of I like it. <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, it's, it's not bad. I don't understand why it's gotten so much good press. Correct. That's, that's how I felt. I read it a few years ago, um... 
I don't remember if it was a book club choice or I'm if sure it just. It was. But anyway, but I finally wound up reading it, like you, many years after everybody else was reading it. Um, t- didn't get it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think I said on Wednesday that I wish I'd read it ten years ago. Yeah, when I was fifteen, like it would have made, it would have made an impact in my life. But now it's all about things that I already mostly believe. Yeah. <laughs> it's not convincing me of anything. Um, not that fiction has to do that, but... No, but I guess when you hear so much hype about it, right. I think it's going to be like this life-changing or altering thing. Um, I'm reading The Interestings by Meg Wolitzer. So I have not read Meg Wolitzer before, and so um, for my birthday, Jordan gave me... Uh, <laughs> Gave me book bonds, which everybody makes a weird face. Those are not a real things. Something <laughs> Jordan made up, <laughs> um, so that I could have money to spend at some independent bookstores that I love. Cool. Um, so one of the books that I bought was the paperback copy of Meg Wolitzer's The Interestings, and I am enjoying it. It's about um, this group of friends who met on this very hippy dippy uh, summer camp, and then the book kind of follows them through the years up and th- up until or through middle age. Um, I actually think it'd be an interesting companion novel to A Little Life. Mm. Uh, totally different in terms of content, um, but it's also this kind of reunion feel or watching these characters develop over the decades, which I thought A Little Life did really well. And I think, I think I like the interestings. I am not sure yet, mm-hmm. so I'll be coming with a full review. Um, but if you if you listener have read it, I would love to hear what you think. Um, so anyway, Chris, thanks for chatting Oscars with me. Thanks for bringing me into the closet <laughs> office. Cloth. My mom calls it a clothis. Clothis. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, and as usual, you can find full episodes of the podcast on our website www.bookshelfthomasville.com. You can also find us on iTunes, where I would love if you rated or reviewed us there. Um, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at bookshelftville or Facebook at bookshelfthomasville. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week.